0: Hello everyone and welcome to Balls and Whistles, a sports podcast from Highland News and Media. I'm your sports editor Will Clark and joining me is Prince of Eternia Andrew Henderson who has something he wants to get off his chest. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said
1: By the power of Greyskulls! <laughs>
0: Okay, Hendo, are you happy you
1: got that off your chest? Why? You tell me why. <laughs> I'm not the one that just played the clip from He-Man.
0: I don't know what came, He-Man came into my head a few days ago. And he's not been out since.
1: That was a great show. Did, I'm surprised you remember who He-Man is. Oh, I don't remember it. It's purely because of the adverts recently that's had He-Man and Kelly in it. Oh, okay, okay. Fair enough. He said to me before we started recording that you had something lined up, but I didn't have a clue what it was, but I definitely wasn't expecting that. Jeez.
0: That's to be honest, I regret the whole thing.
1: So. <laughs> should we talk about a bit of sport? Aye. Because I was about to say there's been quite a lot going on. It was the international break last weekend, so there wasn't much going on for us County. There's a relatively big match for them tomorrow.
0: Yeah, you I know. You know it's, it's just Celtic, isn't it?
1: It's only Celtic. It's
0: only Celtic. This is their last joker card they can play this season before what many people think, results start to matter. Am I being a bit flippant there?
1: I mean, we've had this discussion before on the podcast, and I I don't entirely agree with you that their season starts next week because looking at how last season went, I don't think they could afford to throw away five games at the start of the season and just say we're not even taking those into account. I think we, we talked about their performance at Aberdeen last week. Things are getting better for them. You know, the performances are improving week on week. It looks like the squad's starting to gel a little bit. It is a very different squad from last year, but they beat Celtic twice last season. I'm not saying that County are the favourites, but I'm not ruling them out either for tomorrow. The Celtic have been good going forward, but they haven't been great at the back. There's every chance here, I think, that County can get a result.
0: It's a big ask. Uh, what promises to be a full house on Saturday? I think the game's sold out, in it? Yeah, no away fans, though, again... No, no away fans to be fair, yeah, but still sixty thousand sellouts uh, for Saturday, and yeah, they have been a bit ropey at the back, but saying that going forward, how many goals have they scored? I think, especially in the Scottish League, they've been scoring for fun. Although it'll be interesting to see how they react after they got beat by Rangers before the the break. Uh, Rangers deserve to win the game, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know if you saw it yourself, but. Um, I thought tactically Steven Gerrard got it right and that might hurt Ange Postieriglou. Did I pronounce it right? That's up to the listeners. I still haven't mastered it yet. I need to like uh, go to a room and just
1: like say his name 10 times. I think I can do it if I've got it written down in front of me. But off the top of my head, I always forget how it's spelled. So I don't have a clue. Anyway, moving on.
0: I do think it is their last Joker card. I think um, it is a free hit. And I know that you don't think they can afford to throw away so many points at the start of the season. And I'm not suggesting that they will tomorrow either. But at the same time, they're not bottom of the league. In fact, they're ninth, even though there's three teams on two points with goal difference. Levenston are bottom. Dundee, St Mirren, 10th and 11th, both on two points. So I forget. It's a free hit for Ross County tomorrow. And Malky can maybe afford to do things that he might not try and do
1: later in the season against other teams, if that makes sense? I get what you're saying, but if he's going to use these as a free hit, surely this has to be getting the players up to speed with the system he wants to play for the rest of the season and and getting those partnerships working all over the pitch instead of trying something new that we might not see again. Is that what he's going to do on Saturday? Is it going to be another try and catch Celtic on the break? Even if it was
0: a free hit, can you imagine Mulkey setting up a formation where? It's four four two, or 2 are we, Or are we, are we just resigned to the fact Jordan White will be up front himself
1: again? I think it will be one up top. But I think that's how he will play against the top four or five teams in the league. You know, I don't think we're going to see anything completely radical from him that we're going to look back on and go, well, that was a strange thing for him to do. Um, we saw them play one up front against Aberdeen. It worked pretty well. They were pretty solid at the back for the majority of the game, albeit they did concede the late goal. Yeah, I'm kind of torn on this thing with it being a free hit because I I don't expect Ross County to win, but I don't think they're going to look at it that way. I think they're going to try and and do what they can to get a result. And it looks like so far, and this may be proven wrong as the season goes on, the only way to get a result at Celtic Park is probably going to be to contain them going forward and then try and hit them on the counter. Just because, like you say, they're so good offensively. Um, So it it wouldn't surprise me to see them not shut up shop and park the bus, but certainly to be pragmatic at the first instance and then try and use Blair Spittle to drive them up the pitch, Jordan White to buy them time in the opposition half. Maybe it's a game for somebody like Harry Payton. We've talked a lot over the last couple of years about his energy. Um, I know he started on the bench against Aberdeen, but now that he's had that couple of weeks where he hasn't been travelling halfway around the world, he should be well-rested and maybe it's a game for him to come back in. The other thing to take into account, like I've just alluded to there, a lot of Celtic players have been away on international duty. And I think one or two of them might have picked up knocks as well from reports that admittedly I've kind of glossed over. So Celtic aren't going to be at 100%, even if they're at full strength on paper. It might just be the right time to get them.
0: You know what? I'm thinking back to that Aberdeen game that we were both at. One of us were working. You're not going to let that go, are you? But Ross County, we speak about them trying to Score goals maybe on the counter attack against like the top five teams, but you know what? They weren't on the counter attack. They took the game to Aberdeen uh, at Pittodrie. In my opinion, anyway, I thought Regan Charles' Cook was fantastic in that game, and not just because he scored the goal. You know, I thought he drove the team forward and proved a real pest in the Aberdeen defence. Blair Spittle, I already mentioned, he's the big man for, for Ross County. If he performs, Ross County have a chance. Saying that, though, I think Celtic got a step up above from Aberdeen. But you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if uh, Malky says, go and play the way against Celtic like you did against Aberdeen. We created chances. You know, We could have won the game, maybe put the game to bed before that. To me, it's a free hit. Just go for it. If you get beat 6-0, you're not the first team that's going to get beat 6-0 by Celtic, are you? St Mirren, was it 6-0 that they lost? Dundee definitely lost 6-0. So it's, you know, three hit, and then the season starts next weekend. That's my opinion anyway. I know you disagree with that, but, you know, it's Celtic, it's Celtic part in front of 60,000 Celtic fans. Just have a go
1: and try and upset the odds. That would be my advice anyway. And then what will be, will be. We're talking about the situation around the match there. In today's Rossier Journal, there's uh, an article on the back page about Maki Mackay going back to his former club. He might be downplaying it slightly, but I think it's a big occasion for him personally, because it's the first time he's going to go back there as a manager. He spent five years at Celtic Park, was part of the team that ended Ranger's quest for 10 in a row back in the 90s. He's got a lot of good memories there. Maybe not worth going into too much detail on that because it is basically just him reminiscing at times and and talking about some similarities between his Celtic team and the current Celtic team, but I just wanted to. Make a point of saying that that that's in the papers this week and as far as i'm concerned although obviously i'm biased that's well worth a read for anybody uh interested in ross county it is also a big match this weekend will for cali thistle because it's a couple of teams near the top of the table cali thistle obviously in the number one spot at the minute but they've got Partick thistle at home who have come up from league one and look like they're going to be challenged at the top end of the table again straight away yeah Partick a lot of very impressive team And Zach Grodden, he's the one guy that's really stood out for me every time I've seen him.
0: Park Fissel are going to be one of the main challengers for the title. And I was speaking to Robbie Dees this week, who was um, very forthright about how important the game is uh, this weekend. It's only four games into the season. Tomorrow being the fifth. But he's saying that the result on Saturday could very well make or break Cali Fissel's season already because you've got the momentum going. You're up against one of the challengers for the title. You've got home advantage. So... It'll be a real test of Inverness' character if they can get three points at home, and it's a chance to get the six points in front of one of your main rivals. But a lot of people say, you know what, it's four games into the season, calm down. But he's got a point, the momentum's there. And it, it's a great chance for Cali Fissel just to open up a gap between them and what they call as one of their main rivals. Yeah, it's only four games, but hey, it's up to the rest of the clubs to make up that advantage. So. Saturday's got to be very interesting.
1: Yeah, I must admit, I was a little surprised when I saw him putting so much importance on one game this early in the season. But like you just said, I can't really argue with anything he said either. You know, he makes a lot of very valid points. And I, I suppose we don't know who's going to be right up there at the end of the season challenging for the league title. We've seen a lot of teams before start brightly and then fall away or have a bit of a slow start and then come roaring back into it towards the end of the season. But certainly the way the first few weeks have gone, you would expect Park Thistle to be up there. So any win over them is going to be valuable. And somebody that wants to be winning the league has to have a good home record. You know, that's just a given, basically. So I wouldn't have pegged this as being a game-defining season, but it's certainly a big occasion. And if that's the way that they're looking at it, and if that motivates them to get the win, fair play.
0: I was in the camp thinking, oh, it's, you've only played four games so far. Uh, is it really make or break? But then when he explained it, you know, I, I changed my point of view. I absolutely agreed with him. If you get that advantage in front of your main title rivals, six points in front of Partick Thistle. Um, if, if they win tomorrow, you know, if Kamarnik lose, there's six points in front of them. And I keep saying Dunfermline Athletic, I've just looked at the league table, they're actually bottom with mm. one point, albeit with a game in hand, but there are 11 points in front of Dunfermline who many people said, including me, are the one of the favourites to win the title. I mean, that's huge. And if it's another 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, who cares? It's 15 points. It's 5 out of 5. Do what you got to do. And I'll also speak to Robbie Dees about him shifting from centre-back to left-back. He's kind of become the first-choice left-back now. And it, it's done Khalifa so well. It's kind of changed the defence a wee bit, because I know Cameron Harper was John Robertson's first choice at left back. Robbie says they're two very different kinds of left back. Cameron Harper does like to play more of a wing back at times and uh, likes to charge down the left wing and sends and crosses. But Robbie, he's a natural centre back and he brings a more of a defensive aspect, maybe less attacking at left back. And, and maybe that's served Cali Fistle well this season because it, you know they haven't conceded in five games in all competitions including the, the Trust Trophy win over Bucky Thistle. So tomorrow's going to be a, quite a very intriguing game and it deserves a, a really good crowd. I really hope Inverness come out and support uh, this team tomorrow because
1: I think it could be a very special season. Last time out, they were, of course, in action in the SBFL Trust Trophy, but it looked like it was a bit of a routine win for them over Bucky Thistle. They did get the few goals that you'd predicted last time out, Well, There's a few changes, as also predicted. Um, I think there's was 10 in the end. Did anybody there make enough of an impression, in your opinion, to break into the first team this weekend? Because I know Lewis Jameson got his first goal and an assist. Billy McKay came in, scored a couple of goals. Cameron Harper was one of those changes that came in and got his first goal for Cali Thistle. Or do they just go back to how things were in the previous league games? To
0: be honest, if I was Billy Dodds, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I, I understand why he made 10 changes against Bucky Thistle. The priority is... the. Championship and getting back to the Premiership But it was a very good Performance in the end by Cali Fissel we'll Give Bucky Fissel credit, the first Quarter of the game, they caused trouble They actually hit the woodwork as well Cameron Harper I thought had a great game He scored his first goal as well, congratulations You know, he proved why he's A very good player and got his new contract As well this week, definitely one For the future, but I just can't See the manager making to Any changes from the team that won at Kilmarnock Unless it's injury inflicted uh, we haven't had any injury u- news as of yet. Uh, that's got to be confirmed. But Lewis Jefferson impressed me as well. Um, I could see why uh, Billy Dodds has now picked him up front, but I can't see Ma- him replacing Manny Duku. Uh, I think manny has been very impressive. Maybe he, li- he would have liked to have scored more goals, but you know his link-up play with the rest of the team, very good. No, I can see Billy Dodds going back to
1: default position team
0: that beat Kilmarnock.
1: The other one I wanted to ask you about, just quickly before I move on to Highland League and North Cali League, Anthony McDonald was back in the starting lineup as well. He's obviously had a really tough time of it with injury and he's kind of been one of those, I think, the fans look at as this guy can come good, but he needs to get fit and he needs to play on a regular basis. Did he make any sort of impression on you last week?
0: Uh, he played a good game as well. Um, he did a, a very professional job in midfield, but at the same time, you know, you'll get uh, the midfield they have Who's he going to replace at the moment? It, it it's working so well. And for me, he probably needs to get a bit more fitness. So he he might be a default sub anyway. He might come on last 20 minutes and all
1: that. Um, just to get him back up to match fitness. But no, yeah, a good game against Buckley Fistle. Where did McDonald actually play? Because he can play out wide, he can play behind the striker. Was he either of those? Was he a bit deeper? I think he was more in a central midfield, but you know, he,
0: he did he did push forward as well kind of reminiscent of uh, the, the whole 4 one that John Robertson used to play. There used to be a, a striker up front and then there was a, a, an attacking midfield three behind a, a centre two. But now he played all right.
1: I'm sure a lot of fans will be happy to know that even if he doesn't start against Park Thistle tomorrow. Another team that are playing really well at the minute though are Clackna Cudden. They managed to pick up another win last time out against Keith. They're going to be against Devon Vale tomorrow. There's really no reason this run can't continue, is there?
0: It's good opposition as well against a team that's not doing very well, but Clark and the would probably fancy their chances against any or almost any team at the moment. You know, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting Fraserburgh, <laughs> who are doing very well at the moment and Brewer Rangers are resurgent and Bucky Thistle. But against any other team, Clark would fancy their chances. They could avoid defeat tomorrow. It would be seven games undefeated. Jordan Becdahl, Razor, Glaston, he's doing a fantastic job. James Anderson, I think it's nine goals in his last eight games now. I can't remember the last time Clark McCudden were on that sort of form. It's literally been years. (laughs) Years. I mean, if they win tomorrow and all the results go their way, they could be second in the league. It's unlikely because Inverurie locals are playing Fort William, but they could certainly leapfrog Bucky Fissle, who are at Grora Rangers, which is a very tough game for them. But... We were predicting, well, could, can Clark couldn't avoid relegation this season? And I didn't confound the critics to start with because they conceded five against Inverurie and five against Huntley. But in the league, not mentioning the North of Scotland Cup quarter final, we'll forget about that. <sighs> no, that really was a nightmare. But it's been a dream the rest of the games. And uh, relegation is not going to be an issue for Clacknock this season. You know, they'll leave it to the other clubs in the, the bottom half. And the good thing is, they're playing teams which they probably aim to beat, they are beating. Teams like uh, Tariff United and Lossy who look to be struggling at the bottom. And Keith as well. That was a great result, Keith, 3-0 victory. So
1: the future's bright if you're a lily-white. You touched on Broader Rangers there, and I wanted to mention them this week. I don't think we did last time out, but since we talked about the manager going, the chairman stepping down, they have actually really turned things around. They've gone on a winning run, and they managed to pick up a few in the trot, But it is a very tough match for them against Bucky tomorrow, who themselves are right up at the top end of the table. Brewer's still looking for a manager. I think it's Craig Campbell, isn't it, who's an interim charge there. Is he making a case to get the job himself? I'm not sure if he wants a job. I've not actually had the chance
0: to speak to him. Um, But it's now been one month since Stephen Mackay resigned. You would have thought that they would have been quicker in appointing someone, uh, because a month's a very long time. So maybe they are looking at uh, Craig Campbell and thinking, you know, let's see what you can do. You're doing well. Uh, You've won your last four games. You beat Wick Academy in the North of Scotland Cup. You put eight past Fort William. You put four past Forest Mechanics. You put four past the uh, Neon County. And the club haven't conceded a goal since. So maybe it is a job application for him. We don't know. I'm not sure if he's interested in the job or not. I haven't spoke to him. But um, he's, he's doing very well. As our Brora Rangers. I probably underestimated Brora Rangers bouncing back from seeing Stephen Mackay leaving the club. I thought it would be a bit aimless until a new man was appointed, but they have turned it around. But Bucky Thistle, I was going to say it would be their toughest challenge of the season so far. I think that's wrong because I think their toughest challenge was at Fraserburgh where they got beat 6-2 and Fraser are probably my favourites to win the title, although they will face challenges, but it's probably their biggest challenge since that game. It'll be an interesting development if Craig Campbell does want the job, and a lot of it might be relying on how they perform against Bucky tomorrow. but I don't know if he wants the job, that's the thing, I don't know if he wants the job. Uh, Spokes in the new chairman Scott Mackay, who says they've received some quality applications for the job, and they're going to discuss it at a board meeting, but there'll be no appointment, they tell
1: me, before the game against Bucky tomorrow. So the wait goes on. Like you say, that's two teams who would have been hoping to be right up at the top of the table. And another team who would expect to be in the title mix come the end of the campaign are Brecon, who are up against Nairn County tomorrow. And it just doesn't really get much better for Nairn, does it? Last time out against a, a Forest team who've had some similar struggles to them in the early parts of this year, Forest went down to 10 men in the first half and then. Turned the game around and went ahead in the second before Nairn got an equaliser. Forrest ended up with nine men on the pitch. Still ended 2-2. It just isn't going Nairn's way at the minute. Well, they didn't lose at home. You'd expect them to beat 10
0: men, though. I don't know. Some people say it's more difficult to play against 10 men than 11. I don't. I think that's a nonsense. But glass half full, Nairn County didn't lose at home for the first time this season. So you've got to give them that. But um, it's been a tough start for Nairn
1: County, and it's not getting any easier, is it? Remind me of the fixtures they've got in the next few weeks. I'm not sure if this is the right order, but I believe it's Breakin, Buckey and Inveruri the next three games.
0: Good word. Breakin, Bucke, Inveruri. You know, it doesn't get much tougher, like because Inveruri are in very good form as well. Breakin, you, you look at that squad, and it's a very good squad at that level. Although maybe a bit underperforming, but yeah. If if Nairn get anything out of those three games, I think they'll be doing well. It's just something they're going to have to mow through until they get a more I'm not going to say easier, but a more favourable run of fixtures. Because they've lost Max Maxune as well, one of their best players to Broder Rangers. I, I, I don't think anyone's come in to replace them. So, but they'll they'll give it a go. They won't get hammered. Nairn count, aren't a team that get
1: hammered. They they might get beat, but they won't get you know an absolute doing. So it'll be interesting to see. Well, I'm glad that you're trying to keep things glass half full because I was talking to Ronnie Sharp earlier this week and I was a little surprised to be honest at the negativity you know he's still saying that they can turn it around obviously he still believes in the team There's still some fitness issues going on at Station Park that they have to overcome over the coming weeks but he mentioned relegation to me now near County are now setting third bottom in the Island League and he said that with relegation being a possibility that completely changes the game and We should probably talk a little bit about the tier below just because that is now relevant to the Highland League as well. North Cali League, the winner of that league will go into a playoff with a couple of other divisions to potentially get a spot in the Highland League. It all comes down to who wins each league and whether they're actually uh, SFA accredited. It's a lot of different things around it. Loch Ness aren't one of those teams, but they are up at the top end of the division and they could go top tomorrow after winning the Inverness Derby last time out.
0: Yep, very impressive start uh, by Loch Ness. They entered the division for the first time last season. They were placed in Division 2. And uh, I was speaking to Phil McDonald, who he scored a hat strike in the 4-1 win against Inverness Athletic last weekend. He said last season they were very disappointed with how it panned out because they had a fantastic start to the campaign, but it fell away and they finished fourth in Division 2. So they've got a point to prove this season. Um, and they've started very well. they got a great win against Inverness Athletic. Like I said, it was 4-1. They went to Ferso and uh, won there too. And they're looking to beat Orkney at Park at Inverness tomorrow, which will be their final game in Inverness before they move to Fort Rose. Speak to uh, Phil, very ambitious player. You know, every competition they enter, he says they want to win. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they do. They won't be eligible because they don't meet the requirements to be promoted to the Highland League. So it's all about just winning the title for them.
1: I think we've touched on it before. The only team from the North Cali League that can actually go up is Galsby Sutherland, right? At the moment, yeah. They're actually in cup action tomorrow. It's Loch Ness versus Orkney is the only game in the league. It's Football Times Cup action for the rest of the North Cali sides. It's Inverness Athletic against Galsby Sutherland. And I should mention as well, in women's football, Cali Thistle's senior team are at home against Montrose on Sunday. Their development team is against Buckey in the Highlands and Islands League, which is also where Clacknacuddin play Kirkwall City. There's a lot of football action going on this weekend. Should we talk about some rugby, though? I go on. (laughs) It was a a bit of a disappointing one really for Highland last time out, it was their opening day of the National 1 campaign at Canal Park where they've had an excellent record over the last few years. They did take uh, a relatively convincing first half lead, I think they were 12-0 up at one point before Stuart Watson got sent off just into the second half. Air came fighting back and scored a late penalty to just nick it by a single point. Uh, it was a bit of a blow for Highland early on They're hoping to be right up at top end of National 1, challenging for promotion to the Premier Division. Results like this aren't going to help. Am I right in
0: remembering in the article, it's only the fourth game they've lost at Canal Park?
1: That's what Dave Carson said. Yeah, I know they've gone through one or two years unbeaten since they, they came back, and it definitely is rare. Yeah. Dave Carson said it was four games since they moved back into Canal Park, and it got Redeveloped that they've lost at home. I like think you said last week they beat bigger there last. Well, the last time we had a proper season, but I think they lost to bigger in National Two at home. So it, it's basically a defeat, a season if that they've been going out on home turf.
0: As a team that have aspirations of promotion to the top flight, you know it'll be a bit of a sickener
1: to lose in the
0: manner they did as well. I mean, I wasn't at the game, but reading the report, it sounded like they were good, quite comfortable until the sending off can't remember if Carson thought it was a sending off or not.
1: He certainly wasn't complaining about it to me. All right, OK, fair enough.
0: But Ayrs certainly made the most of it. And uh, it was only one try they scored. And it was a penalty in the end it won it. So to lose it like that, it's a bit of a heartbreak. And not not a great start for Highland. Travelling down the borders against what, quite a famous name in Scottish rugby, Kelso. Albeit I don't know what kind of force they are nowadays, but certainly they used to be one of the big teams in Scotland. So much to do for Highland.
1: And one of the concerns Dave Carson's gonna have is that there's a bit of a selection issue at prop. They've got two guys out injured who missed last weekend's match against Ayr. Short Watson's now suspended, Uh, that just adds to Hugo Crush going off injured last time out, he isn't a prop but they are missing three. Here's what Dave had to say about the defeat first off and then a little bit about the selection challenge facing him this time. This is the thing, isn't it? We talk a lot about the setup now at Highland, and with them having a second team and a third team this year, we'll come on to talk about them in just a bit. The depth that they have, so that when they're missing players, others can step right in, and they don't really lose a beat.
0: And that's testament to how Highland have helped grow the game of rugby in the city. That uh, they've attracted so many players that they can now field three teams. And uh, with Highland Seconds not playing this weekend, uh, coming off a resounding 41 nil win at Ross Sutherland in Caledonia North Two. It allows Carson to have food for thought uh, and he can have a chat with their coach Nathan McLaughlin uh, to see who can come in and fill that role. But it's a nice position to be in and maybe gives an advantage to Highland overall of clubs.
1: It's not just the seconds either. Uh, the third team are still going to have to wait to get their Caledonia North 4 campaign up and running. Their game against, uh, I think it's Aberdeen Uni Medics has been postponed, I guess, because the Uni isn't properly back yet. Craig Denain, we believe, are in a similar position. Their match this weekend has been called off. It was always going to be a free week for the seconds based on the schedule, but like you said, well, last time out they did get what looked like quite a one-sided result over Ross Sutherland. From speaking to uh, the Stag's captain, Tom Bannerman, it wasn't quite that one-sided in the hourly going. It's just that Highland took their chances and Ross Sutherland didn't. He was being quite philosophical about it. Here is what he had to say about how the defeat to Highland could actually help Ross Sutherland going forward in the rest of this season. get the win on Saturday because um, boys want to come and actually win they want to come play rugby they enjoy and I think winning is just definitely a factor in that I was trying to remember I think Aberdeenshire were right up there at the top of the table last time around so it's a tough start for you to get Highland and Aberdeenshire first <laughs> up yeah absolutely but other things i talked to tom about with him just newly being named captain was trying to create that positive atmosphere and that's just an example of what he wants to create he really wants them to use this as an opportunity to learn to improve and even if they come away from the first two games without really anything to show for it it might still actually be a really good exercise for them in the long run which you have to commend you know as, as an attitude to have it'd be quite easy to be really downbeat after Potentially two losses. I'm not totally writing them off for tomorrow, but Aberdeenshire were right up there challenging for the title with Highland Raptors last time there's a full season. Hopefully, it won't be that bad for them. No, to
0: be fair, Highland Sickets are probably one of the best teams in, in the division. And I know it's a heavy loss at home, but much like I said, Ross County in football are maybe treating their first five or six games as a free hit. Maybe Ross Sutherland should use the same sort of mentality against Highland Seconds and then Aberdeenshire, and then maybe aim to target victories against teams that uh, might be in a similar sort of position to them. But I think for Ross Severland, they, they avoided relegation the last time there was a, a season. So if they could do that and then just build from there, I think they'd be content.
1: Yeah, it certainly feels like they could be a club on the way up, obviously based in Invergarden. And there was another success story for Invergarden last weekend. We talked about Tom Stoltman in the past, but his brother Luke has just become Europe's strongest man at an event down in Leeds. Congratulations to him. And it was kind of close, but it was really a two-horse race, and he was the one that came out in front. And now we have both Stoltman brothers with notable successes in 2021. It's great to see.
0: Excellent. And that will be a very interesting 2022 world's strongest man if, if they can be two of the top athletes to battle for the title. Tom definitely wants to defend it. He wants to start a legacy. He wants to become one of the greats. Uh, Luke, who I think is 10 years his elder, this might be the springboard for maybe him to make a challenge next year. I don't know, because he finished seventh in the World's Strongest Man in 2021. So he's definitely got what it takes to be among the top athletes. And I think he was only denied a place in the podium at the World's Strongest Man in the very last event when something went wrong. So he's capable, and hope you know if you can use this as inspiration, who knows, it could be a very interesting uh, lead up to
1: 2022 World's Strongest Man. Yeah, well, Luke has confirmed his spot there next year with this win and becoming Europe's Strongest Man. Well, I think that's basically everything I had on my list. We've been talking for a little while already. Is there anything else that caught your eye this week? Target Technique, a shooting club in Inverness, have opened a new facility uh, at the Rigmore
0: Estate um, and it looks very fancy and uh, hopefully it'll uh, encourage the progression of the sport. So read the article in the Inverness Courier today and find it more for yourself and uh, who knows if you're inspired by it, go down and uh,
1: have a shot yourself. Always oh, nice to see new things opening up in Inverness. We are talking about football facilities last weekend but anything else in other sports is always just as welcome, isn't it? Yep, indeed. (laughs) There could be a few other things going on this weekend, but there has been plenty of call-offs in Shinty. And like I said, some rugby has already been affected. And to be honest, I think we've been going on for long enough. So we'll draw this episode to a close and might just cover some of the other stuff in a bit more detail next week. There's no fantasy football update because it was an international break last weekend. But Will, do you know what changes you're making this time around? I'm
0: not making any changes.
1: Is that, is that you for the season? Are you making no changes?
0: I'm confident in the starting 11 and a half.
1: Until one of them leaves in January, which is usually. I don't think any of my
0: players have left yet.
1: Yet being the key word. Is Kevin Nisbet injured? Kevin Nisbet is. Last I saw, he was a doubt. Doubt.
0: Oh well, where there's hope he remains in my team then.
1: <laughs> well, that's something to look forward to for next week to see if he did actually play for the time being there was an episode of active outdoors i believe released last week go and check that out if you haven't already heard it health and lift nest is also on the go another one of our podcasts here at highland news and media they're finished season one they're currently looking back on that but i'm sure they'll be out with more new episodes soon so again if you haven't listened to them yet go and check them out we'll be back next week and hopefully we'll be talking about another surprise ross <laughs> county win over celtic and a continuation of Tally Thistle's undefeated season so far. In the meantime, thank you for listening, and enjoy your week. Yeah, see you now.